Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. So pitcher day is always sort of a weird day in the baseball season. It's a time where everyone pauses. You go out with the entire Major League Baseball team, and you all take a picture. You sit in a group photo. Everyone looks straight ahead in their uniforms, and there you go. There is the representative of that season. There is that team immortalized forever as the 2023 blah, 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 blah. Well, the blah, 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 this time around yesterday the one that I saw was the Boston Red Sox, the 2023 Boston Red Sox. They went out for the pitcher day uh, in front of the Green Monster, the left field wall, as they have every day. And I don't know about you, when I was growing up, way back when, I always uh, used to love getting the, the team picture. You love to see who wasn't there, who was the insets, who was smiling, who was frowning, and... You're so young and naive, you're like you making decisions off of their happiness with the team, off of their facial expressions on picture day. You do that. Or you do check if anyone is doing any symbols or making any funny faces, which is a rarity anyway. Usually they're staring straight ahead, smiling or not smiling or whatever. Anyway, so as you know, as we just pointed out, there's a lot that goes on with the picture day. Um, yesterday, or day that I saw the picture, this 
round of pitcher day for the Boston Red Sox, which is the one right in front of me. But I think for all teams throughout baseball, you have this this dynamic of pitcher day. But for me, it was there was a part of it which was so bizarre. And it was so bizarre because there was a guy who showed up, who showed up, he was on the team for literally an hour or two, and all of a sudden, he is on the 2023 Red Sox. He is immortalized. Guys like who were there for a lot longer, almost the entire year, they're not in this picture. But Kyle Bearclaw... A guy who has had a lot of success in the major leagues as a relief pitcher. A guy who has fought his way back out of the independent league. A guy who finally got his chance after this rocky road of the last few years to get back in the major leagues. Boom, he lands with the Boston Red Sox, and he does it on pitcher day. He is immortalized as a member of the 2023 Red Sox just an hour after... Becoming a member of the 2023 Red Sox. Well, before we get to Kyle, I want to give you a veteran's perspective of pitchers, Pitcher Day because I can talk about my perspective, but from a player's perspective, what it all means in the here, in the now, in the future, in the past, whatever. There's no better person, of course, as always, Justin Turner talking about picture day so do you have any favorite pictures to picture day i mean it's sort of like a, a stop in time right for every- yeah it's always uh it's always a good day to have and see and uh you know, i haven't done it yet but i'll probably at some point try to go back and see if i can get one from every year i played and yeah it's always interesting like you said uh you know you look at the roster for guys that year uh doesn't always add up to who's in the picture right so um, but it's cool to have, and I think the one picture day that probably stands out to me the most was a few years back uh, with the Dodgers. We all had uh, fathead cardboard cutouts of Vince Scully, so every oh, single person in the picture was holding up Vince Scully's head on their body, which was a pretty cool one. Was it after he just passed no, away? No, oh, really? No, still alive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So he got a kick out of that's, it. That's great. Yeah. So did you, I was going to ask you this, did you have like a picture, like I, you, so it doesn't sound like you collect them or you have like one, even for the world championship year or anything like this is, because you have a better pictures than just everybody sitting yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't have them yet, but it, it might be something one day if I get a, you know, man cave or a big enough office that you can put them all up. It'd be cool to have and go through all the guys that I, I got to share a uniform with. When you were a kid, when I was a kid, I, I this is a good big thing. I was like, oh, why isn't this person there? There's an inset there. I don't know if that was a thing for you as a kid, but getting the, the picture of your favorite teams. Or I don't think I got them. I don't, I don't think I ever got them as a kid. But I think, you know, another cool one is, yeah, I had a chance to be on a couple all-star teams, and those, yeah. those team photos are... Obviously, pretty special too. So those will definitely have a place as well. Do you all? The last thing is, do you all? When you see the pictures, do you always look at people? Say, did that person smile? Did that person? Like, yeah, you always go through and see who's making the dumb face. Yeah, who's yeah, got yeah, their yeah. Eyes closed yeah. and whatnot. It's hard because you know it's bright out there, and they they tell us no glasses for the pictures. Oh, so really? It's pretty bright. So yeah. I'm sure there's several guys that have eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it's it's interesting. They they take like nine or ten photos, and seeing which one they pick for the for the actual photo. Like it's probably hard to get oh. one where everyone's eyes are open, right? Oh yeah. yeah so <laughs> you're not, never gonna go 100. Yeah. Now you've had 
the scene set or picture day about what it feels like for a player. Now I'm going to get into the subject of today's podcast. The And we got a lot of good podcasts today. We've got a lot of good podcasts this week. But the subject, the guy I was fascinated with was Kyle Bearclaw uh, talking about his perception of picture day. Did he know the guy sitting standing next to him? Which, by the way, was also another guy who had just been here for a few days, Luis Urias. Uh, he's the guy who's standing next to him. Did he know him? Did he know his name? Does he know the name of the guys? Any of the how many of the guys in that picture did he know the names of? But I don't know. It's it's just it was a very very strange situation, but also it allowed me to sort of talk to Kyle about his path, his journey, and how he found his way back to the major leagues, which I also thought was a very, very good story. All right, here you go. Kyle Bearclaw. Strange day for you. How many pitchers day in the major leagues have you been part of? Um, I couldn't put a number to it, but four, maybe five, I think. Got like three, maybe four with the Marlins, and then couldn't even tell you with the, the Giants and Twins if I got into the picture or not. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm trying to think back, and I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, it's got. If I always always found it fascinating to pitch a day, like when I was a kid, well, I'd be like, how come so and so isn't in it? There's an insert or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was the same way. But like, who did that's, you? Go- that's a little bit how I feel today. <laughs> like, I haven't even been on the roster today. Yeah. So I mean, first day you're in the. You're in the team picture. There you go. Probably the first picture day I'm happy to be a part of. <laughs> here's, here's, here's. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the fact is that usually, and I don't want to put words in Major Leaguers' mouths, but it's like, oh, man, we got to show up. we got to do picture day. Go and, out there sweating your full uni in the middle of the day. Yep. Yeah. So, so we can say this is your most um, highly anticipated picture day. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say highly anticipated because I just found out about, like, 12 hours ago that I would be here. So... <laughs> Other than that, I mean, but when I got the, you know, text schedule today, it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm making the picture, so. Who was to the left of you and who was to the right of you? Couldn't even tell you. Would you? I just got up on somewhere, stood there, looked forward for two minutes, and got down. Without not naming names, (laughs) do you know their names? Um, the players, yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. If I could tell you who was standing next to me, I'd like, Okay. Kind of just stood up there, got told where to go, stood there, looked straight, got down two minutes later, didn't look who was behind me. Here's So here's a, this is a fun question, which is, being in the year, you've had a great journey this year, right? Could you ever imagine back in March that you'd be sitting doing picture day for the Boston Red Sox? Um, not really. I was hoping you know, to be in someone's picture day, but I couldn't say it was the Red Sox <laughs> or not. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's go like to May. Like, So you signed with the Red Sox in... June, June, yeah. June. Okay, so May. Like you, obviously, like you were on the right track, but still, you know, it's not a major league organization. Um, when you go back to looking at that, how optimistic? And I know you probably answered some of these questions, but how optimistic were you that you were throwing the ball the right way, that you were doing the right things, that you would turn the corner, that a day like come back to pitcher day, that pitcher day would arrive for you. Um, once I got to high point and started throwing, it was like, okay, it's hopefully just a matter of time. Um, you know, I've been in the game now for, you know, 10, 11 years. You know, injuries happen. Sometimes it takes a little while for, you know, spots to open up, especially with the way things have gone these last couple of years with, with COVID and cutting minor league teams, that rosters were going to be full and spring trainings were going to be full. So it was definitely a little bit trying. But, you know, once I got into games and, you know, you start seeing – 
you know, the inevitable injuries that happen over the course of the year. It's like, okay, there's going to be a spot somewhere, hopefully, if I'm throwing the ball well. And I know that, again, this is a question that's been asked of you, so I apologize, but when you make the transition to starter, what was it, okay, this is this fits with what I, who I am right now, what I'm doing right now. I had a great run as a reliever, but this is, this is my next thing, right? Did, is that how it felt? Um, not, not exactly. I mean, it was more of just kind of an availability thing. We, this guy that was there the first day that I was there, like, signed with the Rockies, and so they needed a guy. Oh, and really? Then, you know, like, I started it as a reliever, and then I kind of just had this idea, like, driving home one day where it was like, I could start and, you know, like, go and just, like, show that I can do different things. I mean, obviously, over the course of my career, I've been a one too many guy, you know, like, maybe this will help expand my role and make, you know, basically be available to do anything, you know, so at that point, it was like, I just want to get out of indie ball and get back into affiliate ball and get a chance to get back here and, you know, make a picture today, so. Well, so you're driving home, now you're painting the picture for me, right? You're mm-hmm. driving home from a game in High Point? Uh, I was actually driving to the airport from Long Island from a game to fly home for the off day. Okay. And we had found some replacement starter for the day. And so you say, I could do this. Yeah. So do you call them and say, I waited till I got back. I was okay. throwing a bullpen, like, just after the off day. And yeah. Actually, the pitching coach, Brink Viola, was the pitching coach down there. Oh, yeah. He was actually the one who kind of brought it up because I was throwing some other pitches that I don't you hadn't at that point thrown in games with two seams and change-ups and he was like, have you ever thought about starting? And I was like, oh, funny, I've been thinking about that for two days now. So, really? you know, if that's an idea that we can explore, like, this is the place to do it. And, you know, Have you never thought about that before? Like, are you, cause I did you, years you had, ago, but yeah, at that yeah, point, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I was successful in what I was doing. So it's not like, you know, and, and obviously it's not a very common, like, be a one-inning guy, like, for eight straight years. And then be yeah. like, yeah, I think I'll start now. And, yeah. You know, my stuff, like, you know, with my walk rate over the course of my career is not really built for a starter and throwing 20, 25 pitches in an inning. Um, honestly, that was part of my thought process is like, you know, if I want to throw five, six innings, I can't be throwing 20, 25 pitches in an inning. So i got to be in the zone, and hopefully this will just force, you know. Frank Viola, though. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean. He was he was awesome. I loved him. Yeah. He was great down there. He's getting the guys right. Like, definitely, you know, knows what he's talking about. So, we just had last week, last week, we had Ryan Brazier, who used to be here. And he was on, and he was talking about, he said when he went to the Dodgers, said, well, obviously, like, he's doing really, really well. Well, what happened? Well, they sent him to Arizona for 10 days. They said, go learn a cutter, a new pitch, right? Okay. He does it, and he dominates mm-hmm. it. And that's, I think that's an outlier. But was there anything, because this is another part of it, like when you get to somewhere, people might say, do this, do that. Was there anything at all that you sort of tweaked? Well, I don't say you learned a new pitch, but maybe you did. I, I honestly think it was just starting and changing my mindset from, like, you know, i got to strike everybody out as a reliever. Like, I don't want the ball to be put in play to, hey, like, if I get a two-pitch ground, out like you know two or three times over the course of the, the game like that means I might throw five or six innings like and in trying to get through you know the goal being throw six innings seven innings instead of strike everybody out I think that was it was more of a mental adjustment than anything it wasn't like you know I didn't the pitch repertoire is pretty you know pretty similar like I didn't throw a changeup last year because I started throwing a cutter and so brought the changeup back as a starter started throwing my two seam that I hadn't thrown for 10 years but like I wouldn't say those pitches are something like you know that's jumping off the charts it's like, more oh, just, look at this nasty pitch it's more of just like a hey like be in the zone get early contact get got weak ground, ground outs fly outs like 
and just try and get through six innings, you know, and you're not going to do that throwing 20, 25 pitches in an inning, you know, and then you have one long inning and you throw 30 and all of a sudden you're at 80 pitches in three, four innings and it's like, well, you're not going back out for the fifth or sixth. And right. Go from there. It's so interesting you said that. I mean, we this is a constant theme that I'm going through. Not to keep saying that we had this guy on, that guy mm-hmm. on, but we had Jake Diekman on. Mm-hmm. Jake Diekman had, you know, terrible time for the last year, especially throwing strikes. He goes to Tampa and it's like, okay, well, what's the secret sauce? And literally, it's both him and Kyle Snyder said the same thing. You got to get the strike one. You got to get the strike two. And we give too much guys too much credit that for actually succeeding if you throw the ball over the plate. Mm-hmm. And as a reliever, you're like you're like you're right. You're like I got to do this. Yeah. But as a starter, like okay, well let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you have you know a couple more innings. Obviously, you know you give up one run in six innings. Nobody's like oh we gave up a whole solo home run. It's like all right whatever move on. But you come in in the seventh eighth inning and give up a solo bomb and it's like oh shoot like you just blew the lead or you know made the lead smaller made the you know deficit bigger whatever you know everything seems to which understandably magnetized at the end of the game because yeah. it, you're getting towards the end of the game you're running out of outs to either come back or, or hold the lead so you know it's def- there's definitely a little more leeway there from a starting standpoint of like you know quality starts six innings three runs yeah, if you have a four and a half, like you know, ERA, like if you have a four and a half ERA as a reliever. You know, some people, you know, maybe not nowadays, but like back when I was like, oh yeah, up in my rookie year, it was like, oh, you have, it, man, you have four and a half. Yeah, you're just trying to work it back down. Whereas a starter, like you could have 33 starts with a four and a half, and you're gonna make a lot of money. Like, yeah, you know, and it's a very valuable like piece of the rotation. So. You know, so I think I think a lot of the, the starting in terms of the benefits that I've seen is just is more of just a mental approach to like attacking guys and getting outs and getting through multiple innings instead of trying to just strike everybody out, which is totally my approach. Yeah, for, you know, the long stretch. Well, you did it well. I mean, it yeah. worked. You know, it's mm-hmm. when you. I think about 2016, 75 appearances, yep. two ERA. I mean, it's good. So, of, of all the times, you know, you've been in a major league or a locker room, not only because you're sitting here doing this interview, but does it hit different? Like, that has I did say to some of the guys earlier, this one and my wife last night. This one was, you know, with how the year started and you know the doubt that creeps in with you not being able to find a job. Like, this is definitely. You know, a promotion that's up there with you know my debut. So, like, in terms of you know, I've played for I think four or five different teams now in the majors, and you know, it's always like you know, hoping at some point, like, hey, if I put it together and throw really well, like, I'm going to get called up and get a shot at some point. Like, yeah. Just my track record. Whereas this one was like, hey, I was an indie ball, and you know, made it out because we just get littered with injuries here, and like, the spot opened up, and then you know, I even told I was talking to a guy on in Buffalo. Yesterday, it was like, you know, we got Sale, Hauk, and Whitlock going back. Like, yeah, you were like, hard to break the roster. Yeah. Like, and then not come to grips with it. Like, hey, like, I made it out of Indy Ball and I'm back at AAA. Like, yeah. Here's a win for me. If anything else happens, it's a cherry on top. Like, and not to say that, like, you know, I'm going to be satisfied with this. Like, I want to stay here just like everybody else does. Didn't, so, let's say that if that didn't happen, but you felt, even if you stayed in AAA, you're like, hey, I, I've showed myself enough. I'm like, I'm going to keep pushing yeah, for it. For mean, sure. So that's great. Mm-hmm. When, when, who, t- how do you find out that? Oh, no, to make sure they didn't get kicked out. Uh, how did you going back to when you? Who, where do you make your debut? I made my debut in 2015 in Atlanta. Okay. Who was? I always like this. Now they do videos of it on social media. You know, mm-hmm. like the manager telling you. Who told you? Oh, uh, the manager and the pitching coach. And I had just gotten traded like 
a week before that to the Marlins. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I got traded and then was in double A with them for a week. And so obviously I had no idea. He was like, oh, yeah, we're going to, maybe going to triple A. He was like, oh, you know you, you know where our triple A is? I was like, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. New Orleans. And he was like, oh, yeah, do you know where our big league team is? And I'm like, Miami. He's like, well, where are they playing right now? And I'm like, Atlanta. He's like, well, that's where you're going tomorrow. <laughs> so right? So you're good at meeting new people. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely gotten better. I wouldn't say that's a strong suit, but, you know, in this game, obviously, in this business, you meet a lot of different people, a lot of different faces, and especially now, you know, even, like, walking into any clubhouse, it's like I probably played against you or played with someone at some point in my career. (laughs) Now you're immortalized. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, man. Yeah. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team.